I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, you guys. Welcome to Steel Wars. I am comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. Please enjoy this classic clip, which is available in full at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. Now, from what I remember, did you actually, did you travel to London for the premiere of Revenge of the Sith? I did. I I traveled first from Chicago to L.A. And I did the uh, Sam Jackson premiere. Um, I believe it was in Westwood. And uh, the morning after, uh, I flew from L.A. to London. And uh, the the thing that really really kicked my my butt was I I slept in uh, when I was in L.A. and I was too well rested. By the time I got to London, I just I couldn't sleep. So the night before, I checked into a Utah hostel for one night, and um, I, I got like twenty minutes worth of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I went down to the premiere, you know, for all six all six films. And, um, you know, the way that it worked was you had to sit through all six films. Oh, what? To, 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 make, it, to make it to Revenge of the Sith. And I said, man, I, you know, I came all the way from the States. I said, I want to watch all six films. But at the same time, there's like all this really cool stuff going on outside, right? You have, um, uh, like, Christopher Lee was talking on stage. Uh, you, you never saw him in the States talk. Mm. And they had... Um, the London Symphony Orchestra was playing outside. You had just all these really cool elements that you don't get in the States. So I snuck out in between the movies. I'd get my stamp in the little passport book that they had. And then um, by the time Revenge of the Sith came on, I was, you know, in, in London, they it's kind of the same way now in the States. Ten years later, they had assigned seating. And I had, I had sold like 12 Target Lava Vaders. For like $150 a piece. It paid for my trip out there. I bought my ticket on eBay for the premiere. And this assigned seat that I had was in like the second or third row of, of like this little balcony. And Lucas came in, introduced the film, and he left. But he never left the screening room. He's standing there. And I'm thinking... You know, I'd be a fool if I just let him go by. <laughs> so I felt, I kind of felt like an ass. I, I'm telling all these people, I'm like, hey, excuse me, but I, I have to use the restroom, you know. <laughs> so, and they're, they're waiting for Revenge of the Sith, Sith to start. I sneak out. I go into the lobby, go right and, there. And they, and they would have been all like, what's this guy doing? This is the premiere, but you've already seen yeah. it. <laughs> the, the guy that I sat next to, he, I, I got a chance to meet him because, you know, he, he was sitting next to me all day. So I, I'm sitting next to him and I'm like, I got to go see Lucas. I said, I can afford to miss the first five to ten minutes of this film because I just saw it, you know, two days ago. <laughs> 
And I sneak out, and Lucas comes out, and it's me and this guy, this, like, punk rocker guy, right? He's got all these tattoos, and he's got this long goatee and this mohawk, and he's got this lightsaber. And he goes right up to Lucas, like, right in his face. He goes, hey, George, can you sign this? And George signs it. And I just freeze, and, I, and I'm standing there, and George is lo looking at right at me. And I said, George, I came all the way from the States. Can you please sign my picture? <laughs> and he actually walked up to me. I was so nervous that he did that to see him, to meet him. And it was just the cool, coolest experience that I, that I ever had. Again, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why Revenge of the Sith is cool to me, because I went to Tunisia the week after. I met George Lucas in London. I was in London. There's all these cool different experiences around this one movie, you know? Yeah, well, let's be honest. If if I met George Lucas at the premiere of Police Academy 7, Police <laughs> Academy 7 would be up there in my favourite films. Okay? <laughs> exactly. It was a great film. So what was it like? What was the interaction like? What did you get signed? What was the photo you got signed? I, I, had, um, I had a friend of, of mine actually waiting on the red carpet, and I gave him this uh, the, the photo that I truly wanted signed. It was a... Um, a profile black and white shot in a uh, magazine uh, that came out during episode one. And uh, I gave him my best photo because he was on the red carpet. I'm like, you're, you're going you're gonna to see him. You're going to get it signed. I'll, I'll keep this extra one. So the photo that I ended up getting signed was him looking through a camera. And it must have been on the set of episode two in the, um, I guess it would have been uh Pappleteen's apartment, you know, that, that red room that he always met Anakin in. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was kind of a behind-the-scenes photo of Lucas looking into uh, a camera there. And, and that's been on my wall since, since I got it. It's, it's in my Star Wars loft amongst all my uh, other prized possessions. This chat is, you know, bringing back good memories and getting me to talk about things I haven't talked in years. Well, I am a professional, Chris. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you are for sure. You mentioned that in the same week that you met George Lucas, saw Revenge of the Sith, then you were off to Tunisia. That was for the filming of your first documentary, The Force Among Us. Would that be right? Uh, you know, oddly enough, it, um, it was not for the filming of The Force Among Us. The Force Among Us was not an idea until... The, the the following year later, when I was sitting in an Irish pub in, in Chicago, being depressed about all these experiences that I just talked about, you know, meeting George Lucas, going to Tunisia, watching Revenge of the Sith. A year later, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, there's no new Star Wars movies coming out. I said, uh. I need to do something as a fan, you know. So the whole thing about us filming in Tunisia, it was more... Like our, our family vacation video, if you will, um, we didn't, it wasn't even a, a thought. And, and, you know, here I am, you know, bringing home all this sand from Tunisia and, and taking a photo in front of the igloo, the homestead. And, and you know, obviously we incorporated that uh, pretty heavily into uh, what became The Force Among Us. And I must add that I was such a crazy nut traveling, and I still am, but I, after I flew from L.A. to London, I flew back home from London, and then a week later, I flew out to Belgium, which got me into Tunisia on that same trip. So I was all over the place, and unfortunately, I didn't have any frequent flyer miles. <laughs> <laughs> well, as someone that just got their silver badge, uh, you brought. 
I, I can't wait to get into that Qantas lounge the next time I fly. You, you mentioned that you brought back sand. How did you go getting that through customs? You know, they, they never checked. <laughs> they ne- they, no one on the trip got checked. Everybody, uh, you know, went through customs with all this sand. I mean, we had it in our socks. We had it in our shoes. We had it in plastic water bottles. And, I mean, everybody, like, was really greedy about what they wanted to bring back, uh, you know, the amounts of it. And, um, you know, I a year later, I'm thinking, God, what do I do with all this sand? You know, I've already built three dioramas. <laughs> And I'm thinking, man, it would be kind of cool to offer the vials of sand to people that had, you know, purchased the DVD, like as a free thank you gift. That's and awesome. um, thank God we never, uh, you know, we, we we never got in trouble for that. Hopefully the statute of limitations is, uh, has passed on that one. <laughs> well, that's probably why Hayden Christensen didn't order your DVD, because just <laughs> how much he hates sand. He just couldn't yeah. deal with that vial. I went to... Um, the set of the Resistance base last year before The Force Awakens came out. And, you know, people might think that bringing sand back is a little bit crazy. I'm not one of those people. I filled up a, uh, a container full of Resistance base rocks that uh, I, have, I have sitting in my little Star Wars, dip- my Star Wars display cabinet at home. And uh, I've got, I, I, I always look at them very fondly when I look at my little Resistance base pebbles. Yeah, you know, I mean, pe- people collect rocks, and, and people, you know, people co- collect rocks just because that's what they like to collect, and, you know, us as Star Wars fans, when you can bring a, a, a rock collecting uh, element to what we already like to do is collect, I mean, it's it's a really, really cool piece that nobody, you, you can't buy that rock at a Target or a Toys R Us, you know, and I think that's what makes it so cool, like, this is actually from the set of where they film these movies. I think that's what makes it a unique Star Wars collectible. Yeah. Now, what was the experience of like going to Tunisia? Like, to me, it would be like, you know, when I've just stepped onto amazing recreations of Star Wars sets, it's been very surreal. But what was it like to be at the Lars homestead? You know, it was it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and I haven't experienced anything quite like that since and it was funny because we were having you can have dinner there and there's a bar at the Lars homestead it's um it's it's a hotel and uh, i you know and i wouldn't go there now one i wouldn't go there alone and i don't think it's very very safe i know there's been a couple issues in tunisia so it was just a like i said a once in a lifetime experience and um i remember being you know in the in the pits you know, where Luke looks down, and that's where the restaurant is. And I remember saying to people that, you know, were, were tourists from out of town that weren't on our trip. And I'm like, do you realize where you are, <laughs> where you're standing? I'm like, this is just amazing. And they were like, yeah, Star Wars was filmed here. And I'm thinking, no, it's more than that. You know, this is, a, this is an experience. Um, I did hear about, unfortunately... Uh, I believe there were some Australian fans that actually got kidnapped. Really? Uh, over there. Yeah, I believe it must have been maybe like, I want to say like between 2007 and 2009. And it was actually reported on CNN News. I don't know if you could do a Google search on it, but there were two Aussie fans that got kidnapped out there. Um and I don't even know if they were ever found or, or whatever happened to them, but I remember hearing that news going, man, I'm so glad that, 
you know, I went out there when I could, and obviously things got a little worse out there. There's, you know, some other political things that happened that, that weren't weren't super great, you know, for that community. And um, it was, but to be out there and listening to the music and sharing that with friends and, you know, seeing these structures that still exist. You know, when you went, when you go to Norway and you go to Northern California, the structures don't really exist. It's more of the environment. Mm. And in Tunisia, all that was, you know, all that was there. So it was, it was magical. I have to bring something up. You just said when you're listening to the music. So while you stood on the little crater looking out to presumably the twin sons, you had the music blaring. I, I had the music blaring, man, and, and, and it, it brought me to tears. And the funny thing is that I went out there alone and um you know the, the group was kind of around the igloo at that point taking photos and i i went out you know a little further to the edge of the crater and i sat there i put my headphones on and i remember just you know literally breaking down emotionally and a, a buddy of mine from belgium came up to me and he put his arm around me and he didn't say a word <laughs> and he just he knew what I was feeling, you know, because I think everybody on that trip had that feeling. And it was, you know, very hard to put into words, for sure. That's amazing. And how did um, that compare to your, your trips? To, you went to Norway, which, of course, is the, uh, the uh, Earth equivalent of Hoth. Uh, how was how, how that when it's, it seems like you've got such environmental, like, forces battling you to to be up there you know again you know you're, you're walking on the glacier and you just you can see you you can hear the adats you can see the snow speeders in your mind and uh that was a different experience because um we we filmed there you know we, we were actually we brought the film crew there to to shoot so you know tunisia was was a fan trip uh fence norway was a fan trip knowing that we were filming a documentary out there and you know it was there was a lot of stress because it wasn't cheap there was a lot of worry about the crew getting over you know safely and with all the gear and everything and going through customs and, and that sort of thing and um the most magical moment that i would say is that we filmed on my sister's birthday and my sister was a, a producer and a, and a writer on The Force Among Us. And we were filming on her birthday. They gave us the key to the bar to do interviews. The taps were on. We had a couple pints. It was the last day of shooting. And I just remember, I don't know if it was because it was my first film. I don't know if it's because I was with my sister and we were at the original hotel where the crew stayed at. It was the last day we filmed, but man, I just hit a brick wall and I broke down and cried. <laughs> you know, and it was really cool to be out there at that hotel. You know, the environment is one thing, but when you're in that hotel where the film crew stayed at, I think that's where you really, really feel the magic and you can hear the the walls talking, if you will, you know, because um, that's, you know, the snow obviously melts. The snow melts and it, and it comes again. So that snow isn't the same, but those walls you know, in the basement of that hotel and where they shot Luke Skywalker out of the door, you know, with, when, when the weather was really bad, they just opened the door and shot outside. You know, that was really where you, you felt the magic, 
happening in the history of it, you know? Yeah, because there's, there's scenes where the camera crews actually set up in the hotel filming through the door and Mark Hamill's crawling on the ground uh, giving shout-outs to Obi-Wan or whatever. It's, it's, it's quite a weird thing when you get that, the, 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 the footage that they have of, uh, you know, how desolate uh, Hoth was when they're actually filming from inside a hotel, essentially. To hear the full episode, along with hundreds of hours of bonus content, I would invite you to check out the Steel Wars Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. For just $3 a month, you get a dedicated RSS feed that easily pastes into any podcast app you use, sending the complete archives of Steel Wars episodes along with bonus Patreon exclusives like movie commentaries, Q&As, and shows like the Making Steel Wars show, which I make exclusively for Patreon members with Jason Ward of MakingStarWars.net, where we try to find the news behind the news. Plus, you'll get the bonus segments from the call-in shows, which sometimes can be over an hour. And as well as all the bonus content, you get that warm glow that you are supporting this show you listen to each week. The idea behind Patreon is if lots of people chip in a little bit of cash, that content producers such as myself can still keep producing for you guys while still being able to feed our very cute Ewok-looking cats. There's a hungry cat involved in this, guys! as well as some sweet, sweet content. Check out all the super fun tiers and all the shows you're missing out on at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. And may that force be with you. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.